Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. For the past, let's say, century and a half or so, uh, when we talk about economic philosophies for how the world works, there tended to be sort of, I guess, two extremes with capitalism on one end and communism on the other, and perhaps socialism as a sort of distant cousin, uh, often unfairly linked uh, to communism as sort of being the same thing. Uh, basically, though, those were kind of the two paradigms for how the world was seen as, as working, and various economic models and policies were built up around those ideas. And yet, lately, there's been a sort of a growing argument that the, the world has changed and that those paradigms are outdated and less and less relevant. Uh, two books specifically come to mind uh, in recent years. There was just earlier this year uh, Paul Mason's book called Post-Capitalism, A Guide to Our Future, in which he discusses how the rise of digital technologies takes us beyond the notions of capitalism. And a few years ago, uh, business theorist Jeremy Rifkin wrote uh, actually what I thought was a really similar book called Z The uh, Zero Marginal Cost Society, which discussed how technology and the rise of digital was enabling us to eclipse capitalism, as he put it. Having discussed economic and business model frameworks related to technology and the rise of digital goods for many, many, many years on TechDirt, I personally found it interesting how many people have difficulty trying to lump digital goods into a sort of capitalist free market economics framework. The uh, number of times that people have called me a communist for merely suggesting that free is a reasonable price for digital goods is, is quite high. I've sort of lost track of the, <laughs> how often it happens. And that's despite the fact that I tend to actually feel pretty strongly about the value of uh, traditional free markets and, and how they function. Uh, but with books like these and sort of the continued trouble that people seem to have in fitting digital goods into a traditional economic model, it does raise questions about whether or not we should be eclipsing capitalism or uh, for something new and, and what that even means. So it seemed like a good topic to discuss on the podcast. And for today's episode, we've got uh, our regular co-host, Dennis Yang, and a return of our special guest co-host, Michael Costanza. So uh, welcome, guys. And uh, Thanks. Let's start, with the, <laughs> let's start with the basic question. Uh, do you believe that we're in a post-capitalist society thanks to the rise of modern technology? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. End of podcast. <laughs> All right. So you're going to take the no side of it. Let's, let's, let's dig in. Why, why, why not? Well, first of all, I mean, even if you could say that the rise of digital goods means something about capitalism, and maybe it does, digital goods are not the only goods, and they're still sure. the, the the economy is dominated by non-digital goods still, right? So right, but 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 there's an argument, right, that that is you know the trend is going in the other direction, and and with the rise of even things like you know 3D printing or or you know other kinds of you know, more digitally focused manufacturing that that even that starts to go away and that we move sure. more and more to a digital world. 
Sure. I mean, well, I'm, but you did ask the question, are we in post Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, fine. So, <laughs> fair enough, but, but like, you know... I mean, maybe we can, can we start from, like, the other side, which is, like, what what would a post-capitalism, what, you know, society look like or feel like, right? Like, you know, is it sure. is it, you know, in the Star Trek canon, for example? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, that's, I think, a post-capitalist, like, society, yeah. right? Where essentially you ask the computer you know or the whatever the, i forget what that machine was called the replicator that's what the replicator yeah. um to create things and it would just create them and you wouldn't i don't even know if there was like a system of credits that you needed to pay for things right so basically there there was no kind of you know means for production or something you know like there, there's no mm-hmm. no means for for money there's no need for it is that is would that be kind of like a post-capitalist? I, I mean, that that is definitely sort of one vision. I think that's a sort of, you know, very utopian right. vision. But but there is that idea that we live in a world where, you know, there is, um, you know, so much stuff right. available and so much abundance that, you know, there is no need for capitalism because you don't have scarcity. Right. You don't have... Because right, post-scarcity... You don't, you don't the, the need yeah. for allocation, you know, efficient allocation of goods because, you know, when you have so much, uh, there is no allocation problem. You just have whatever you need. Right. Okay. So that's that's one model. So so sure. backing up from that side, you know, I would say that maybe there are some elements of post-capitalism that are starting to creep in and you know maybe, I guess I don't think we're fully there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay. I, let's be yeah. let, you know, let's be blatantly obvious. Like obviously we're not we're not fully to anything, right? We're not in the the Star Trek world right. of of complete abundance of everything mm-hmm. and replicators that will make you whatever you want and um, you know, where, where there is no scarcity, right? So Star Trek was a little bit vague on that whole thing anyway. So sure, sure. sure. But, but, but let, let's, right. We're not, we're not in a post scarcity world right now. Right. We may be in a post scarcity world for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that is probably a fairly limited amount of things, right? Sure. But I think that, yeah, yeah definitely. That's kind of where, where, you know, you write about, uh, capitalism in a post scarcity world in terms of information, or content right you know so so then let's let's dig in and focus there so are we in just a post-capitalist world when it comes to information or digital goods or, or anything where there is that kind of abundance uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> i stumped you <laughs> not really um but i mean i think you have to really even narrow it down further i mean for certain types of content of certain you know, for certain quality then sure Okay. I, I guess. I mean, you know, we can get uh, digital audio files, MP3s, spread them around the world very quickly and easily, and uh, you know, that's that's, I guess, getting close to that zero marginal cost. Um, but is that the end of audio? You know, is that where the market starts and ends? I, well, I don't think so. Right. So, so, and and here I'll jump in with my own personal <laughs> biases and everything. Right. So. My argument here, and and you guys feel free to disagree with this, and hopefully you disagree to some extent. Otherwise, maybe the podcast won't be that interesting. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, um, uh, my argument is that it's it's still it's still capitalism. It still fits in the 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 old mold. I think people sort of freak out when they see a zero, right? When you have this sort of abundance, and um, you know, which sort of drives the price down to zero. It's you know, sort of your standard you know, capitalist uh, microeconomics model, which is, you know, uh, as as supply increases, um, you know, the sort of the 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 price, uh, the 
um, equilibrium price will will go uh, down and down, uh, and so that could be when you have a, a complete abundance, yeah. a sort of infinite abundance of goods, that the price will go down to zero. It still fits in. I think people freak out. Their brain sort of, you know, well, sort of short circuits when they see the zero and they say, "Oh, it, it doesn't work," and and this model is a problem. Yeah. I think what it does is it just changes the market, right? So it, it becomes rather than a market for that product, which is sort of the traditional capitalist market that we're talking about, you know, where you have supply and demand and prices that are set based on that, that product now becomes something else. It doesn't become, you don't have a product for that market, but that becomes a resource for some other market, whether it's attention or, um, you know, something else that is scarce. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, isn't one of the fundamental tenets of capitalism kind of private ownership, right? So in the case of, sure. you know, like, uh, like information or any, any other kind of abundant and especially like digital reproducible good, the concept of ownership gets a little bit foggy when you can kind of just reproduce, like replicate it. Um, and I think that's mm -hmm. where capitalism is a concept, which kind of requires ownership and, you know, trading and that kind of thing. Like when you're talking about information and ideas and content, that's why the capitalism model almost breaks down because it almost requires ownership to work properly, right? And when you don't have ownership, when you don't have scarcity, capitalism as a concept really starts to break down. And I think that's why people freak out, right? See, but now I'm going to disagree with that. I, I, I understand that point, and I think that is the argument that a lot of people make, but I don't think that's right, right? I mean, you know, uh, if you take a step back, right, I mean, Yes, like private property and property rights are sort of a key yeah, fundamental I mean, a key aspect right. of, of, of capitalism. But I think, you know, if you get back to the reality of it, it's, it's really sort of, you know, the ownership of the means of production and the, you know, the, the tools of production is what the, the, the capital part of capitalism <laughs> is, right? And, and that remains. Like even if you have, you know, digital goods or infinite or abundant mm -hmm. goods, um, you still have that and that still works. It's just that you no longer have a market for the specific abundant good because it's it's abundant and you don't need efficient allocation of it. It's, you know, it's just there. It's it's available. But that doesn't change, you know, how that could impact other markets where there are scarcities. And, and so, yes, you're right. And like this is where people freak out and this yeah. is where like – the, the whole issue of like intellectual property right. comes in and whether or not intellectual property is property. Um, and that's where people freak out. And that's why they say like, we're it's, it's, you know, it's not capitalism, whether they, they freak out and, you know, yell at me about well, because how, it's, how it's yeah. communism or if it's something else that is, is sort of, I think it's neither. I think it's right. like trying, trying to apply property rights to a, a thing that actually doesn't like, it doesn't work. Right, which is why I think you're getting into all these kind of philosophical arguments. It's um, you, you're essentially trying to create a good that does that property rights don't really work for, and kind of shoehorn it into this definition so that it fits well in your capitalistic model, right, or communistic model for that matter, right. So you you can call it a communism thing if in the case of like everyone owns ideas, it's like no, actually it's nobody owns these things at all. Like the concept of ownership over ideas is an artificial one that we create because we feel like we want it, right? Yeah. I don't know. So, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I mean, it's interesting. The, the question is, is that is that something different, really? 
Right. And I, and I, and I don't want to kind of go down because it's very easy to go down the path of, you know, we are in a post-capitalism society because, you know, we are, we define capitalism as this thing and the thing now is different. So now it's after the thing, right? Right. But it's, um, but it's not, it, it's, it's not different. I, I mean, the overall thing is not different. Again, you have, if you focus very, you know, narrowly, yeah, capitalism is applied to digital music files may be over. Um, but I, I kind of agreeing with Mike, I guess agreeing with Mike, um, all of the other stuff that's built around that is still, uh, there's, you know, there's still not infinite um, supply, right? So and, you still and, you still have the system. Yeah, and and my argument is that you know like even things where there there was abundance, like abundance still did exist within capitalist models in the past. Sure, you had you know lots of lots of things where there was abundance and and it fit in with the model and basically those things became a resource you know and and were used to promote you know or make other markets more valuable. So it, it, you know to me it still certainly fits within that. Right. I was trying to think as you guys were talking about that. I was think, trying to think of examples of that from the past. That you know where things were got to be very abundant and didn't mean the end of capitalism. And I guess you could you can say things like the you know the, the telecommunications network. Sure. Right. Um, it it was everywhere before you know the internet became everywhere. Um, but that didn't mean that the the market for uh, services telecommunication services was didn't exist. Right or couldn't there was no money to be made or spent on it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think the people. I, I mean, I, maybe these are smart people who wrote these books about the the post <laughs> being a post capitalist uh, society, but um, I just don't see it. There's just too much capitalism left. I think. <laughs> <laughs> is is there a meter? Can we check? Are, are we in a ninety percent capitalist world versus a sixty percent? No, no. It's probably around five, <laughs> or sorry, ninety-five. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and then there's there's the argument on the other side, which people argue that we were never in sort of a purely capitalist world. And, there's sure. you know, people talk about like, you know, crony capitalism, which is sort of a faux capitalism, which is not really a free market capitalism. And, and you could go all down into all sorts of tangents and, and weeds here. Um, but I think I think there is sort of a flip side to this. And, and this is and now even having said that, I I kind of disagree with that. The premise of those those two books that it were sort of eclipsing capitalism and going to post capitalism. Well, I'm going to defend both of those books and and say, like, maybe there's there is actually value in, in rethinking it, even if it is still sort of based on a core of capitalism. Maybe there is value in in then calling it something different just to get over that hurdle of the fact that people have so much trouble understanding this or recognizing it and that they react so badly right. to things becoming abundant and infinite and, and free. But it's not and just they, abundance. I think, you know, there are more effort. There are a lot of portions of our society that kind of are done for quote free. Right. And that is that, is that kind of also what you're speaking towards, right? Either in volunteer efforts or, Sure. No, like Wikipedia, for example, right? Like that's yeah, a, no, that's absolutely. A huge I think that's product that's a, that has been created, you know, by volunteer time, and it it has a very hard time fitting into the capitalistic model unless you see, you, 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 now, yeah, you try to I mean, count like time as money, I guess. Right. But I mean, that's, see, that's yeah. Right. I I I I think that fits in perfectly. But you're right. There are lots of people who 
who um, feel that it doesn't. And I think the same is true of things like Craigslist. Like, you know, over yeah. and over again, I've heard people refer to Craigslist as, as you know, not, you know, not being capitalist or something. Um, and I think both of those are really good examples. And, uh, you know, again, I think in my head, I can see them fit perfectly well within a, a capitalist model. Yeah. It's just, you know, where I think the problem occurs is that because the models, when they're sort of written out and the way many people learn them, they learn about them in terms of purely in terms of dollar value. Right? Yeah. And, right. and and people take dollar value to mean actual dollars. Right. They leave out the value part, which is that it, this is it's really about, you know, you know, what's called benefit or utility, you know, or marginal benefit, marginal utility, depending on the situation. And, right. and that doesn't have to be defined in dollars. Like, you know, people will put it, put a dollar value on it just so that formulas work. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, re you know, people get benefit out of participating in, uh, you know, in, in building something like Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so as long as the benefit outweighs the cost, they're going to do it. And that doesn't have to be money. Yeah, and I think that that's, I mean, that is, I think, a core kind of question in our society right now. It's like, how do we actually quantify and value this non-money part of our society, right? And yeah. If that's time or, I don't know, happiness or value, right? Like, we, we associate value generation with dollar value so much right now Yeah. that, you know, I think that, you know, let's just look at businesses, right? Corporations have a really hard time in creating value that is not dollars, right? Um, yeah. And I think that that's why, you know, recently the, the growth of the kind of the B Corp movement is really trying sure. to address that kind of feeling, right? That a company, yes, you know, you have, you're, you're, you're trying to grow shareholder value, but that's very kind of single facet. It's, it's very one dimensional. Um, yeah. And for, for people who don't know the, what the B Corp setup is right so a, a standard corporation is generally a c corporation and in which you know the um you know the company is sort of required i guess effectively to try and maximize shareholder value which yeah. is in monetary terms whereas a b corporation which is a relatively new idea is um basically allows the company to declare that they have i guess it's like a social mission um and part of their effort while not um, uh, not removing the idea of increasing shareholder value, also has to be balanced against um, a sort of social impact as well. Right, right? and I think uh, that so that like when when you look at why B corps are formed, it really speaks to this. You know, this feeling has been around for a lot longer than B corp has been around. Sure. Right, like the feeling of I don't have to make a decision just because it increases my profits. Right, um, and I think that that's that's an evolution of the corporation. That's an evolution of our society in terms of, you know, what capitalism is, you know, I don't have to only make a decision based on what's going to make me more money. Um, yeah. and I think that is kind of speaking towards like, um, yeah, the post-capitalistic society that I think we're moving towards. Yeah. And I think, you know, there, there's sort of a, a related issue to that, which, um, I mean, it gets back to like the example that I, I brought up before of like Craigslist, um, you know, being considered, you know, uncapitalistic because in part because, you know, so many of the ads that they are or, or listings that they offer are free. They've, they've really only monetized, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, really, you know, small aspects of their business. And I and so people say, oh, well, they're not maximizing revenue. And my argument is that that's bullshit to some extent, yeah, I mean, because, yeah. you yeah, know, I, I, in, in, in a long term, they're taking a long term view, which is that if they, you know, 
over monetize it, they're going to lose users. They're going to you know open up um, right. opportunities for competitors, and so they are maximizing profit on a long term yeah. view. It's just that you know so much of our system is is built off of this very quarterly, short term focus. Exactly. I mean, like concept like loss leaders, um, you know, like have been a pretty solid one in terms of the, the capitalistic playbook for a while. Um, that's uh, so odd to me. I mean, Craigslist, that sounds, it sounds exactly like the yellow pages, right? Which has been around forever. The mm -hmm. free listings and then there's the paid listings. and They make the money off of the paid listings, obviously, but the free listings are what make it worth having in your house, or at least they used to. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, half of our listeners probably have no idea. <laughs> we're, you're, you're, we're sounding out of date here. And I, like, well, I, mean, I just found one in my driveway the other day. I didn't ask um, for it. They still come. There's no way <laughs> yeah, to unsubscribe yeah. from that, by the way. But yeah. that, that's an interesting podcast for another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but even then, I mean, I think that's a little different than Craigslist, right? In that, you know, historically, at least, you know, when I remember getting phone books, they were at least, you know, half yellow pages which were, were mostly the, the paid listings, you know the yeah. paid ads um as opposed to the free sort of white pages and and so um you know whereas craigslist it's like you know there's only i, I haven't checked out in a while i don't know if they've changed but it used to only be like job listings in a very few cities yeah, i think it's, that's still the still the case the, there's no reason for them paid for there's no reason for yeah. them to charge you know like yeah they're able to run it um at a good profit i'm guessing you know? Yeah. I mean, for a while, I think I, I think I had worked it out where they were the single most profitable business per employee because um, they have a very small employee staff. Yeah. I think at one point um, Minecraft surpassed them <laughs> um, before they got sold to, to, Microsoft. to Microsoft. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's this weird sort of thing where people, you know, sort of freak out about the idea of too much being free and that, that, that you're leaving money on the table. And, and so I think there's a difference. I think that what that points to is sort of the difference between sort of long-term and short-term yeah. focus yeah. Uh, and, and kind of what you're, what you're aiming for. Both Craigslist and Minecraft seem to be doing just fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'd be happy to work for either of those guys, uh, you know, in the early days, certainly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, you know, I, 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 it's kind of weird because I mean, people uh, attacked Minecraft too. I mean, um, in the early days, where you know, um, uh, what's his name, the guy who founded it, Notch. Mar Marcus, yeah, yeah Notch. Um, you know, he was he was a member of the pirate party yeah. and and was supportive of, of people pirating the software and everything. And people were like, "How could you do that?" And yet he's like, "I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a day person." This is like at the very yeah. very beginning. And now uh, he has like, the, like I think you know, the largest house in Los Angeles. Or, I don't know something crazy. The most the, it's the the most expensive house yeah. in Los Angeles, I believe. which is uh, he 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 beat out Jay Z yeah. on bidding for it. So, so, I think so, he's, so he's, yeah, ca capitalism. He's he's, he's got fine. it. <laughs> on the capitalism scoreboard, I think he's uh, yeah. Capitalism worked out just just fine for him. Um, but but so I mean, but or going back to the, capitalism, yeah, out. yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> perhaps. Um, but but going back to that point, like you know, is there value then in in just effectively saying we're in a post-capitalist society or giving it a new name, just so that people don't freak out so much about about these things, right? That people don't. Um, well, treaty because I think some sort of anomaly. people don't have any other place to go, right? So then that's why you're called a communist because they're like, well, if it's not capitalist, it must be communist. And <laughs> <laughs> so we can okay. call it masnicism or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> uh, let's not. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, as Mike mentioned before, it, has there ever been pure capitalism? Not really. Or pure no, communism? Not. not really. So I don't know. It, it seems silly to have to come up with a new label for basically what is capitalism, as it's pretty much always been, just to appease people who can't get past the parts of it that don't work the way that they think. I want to talk to these people. <laughs> Which are, well, yeah, the people who can't get yeah, past that, it. I talk really? to them every, every them day the in my comments and on Twitter. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I, one thing I think that, that uh, well, I don't know. I, I, maybe you've made these points, Masnick, in your post and, and other and other things, uh, other arena. But, um, you know, the, the abundance itself is yeah. creating markets for ways to deal with the abundance absolutely right yeah. i mean i I have this problem I, I like to listen to music i'm on spotify i'm like hey i'm gonna put everything in my playlist and then it becomes a nightmare to handle it and i would just love it if you know somebody created a product that made it much easier for me to organize and discover and and uh, there is it's called spotify I discover and it's amazing <laughs> that's, right. that's right no of something that i thought was really good and i liked <laughs> um you know i mean i know there are products out there right and apple music is supposed to be helping with that by by having their curated playlists right. and stuff. but like that's that. i mean dennis is right that's what spotify, what spotify discover discovers is, ama- is, is amazing trying to do. and 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 it is, is it? really amazing if you it's haven't amazing. checked it out. This is this is going off topic, but <laughs> uh-huh. it is astoundingly yeah. good how accurate Spotify Discover is uh, in terms of of finding music that I have never heard before. That is stuff that I absolutely yeah. like. Typically, really one third good. awesome stuff, yeah. one third stuff that's okay, and then one third absolutely horrible. But it's yeah, really? it's <laughs> just get. Um, I don't get as much absolutely right. horrible, but it, it does it yeah. does happen. But it's usually pretty yeah. damn good. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Anyways, that, that is really That's off another, topic. another podcast. Uh, <laughs> that is perhaps another podcast too. Yeah. But um, <laughs> well, but the point the point that I was making is you know even though all those things are free, aside from the stuff that we've talked about um, a lot uh, over our history on Tector, um, you know where okay, so the the music itself becomes more like advertising for the artist who then yep. sells lots of other things. Right. Yep. Um, so there's still money to be made and money to be invested, and it's all you know, it's all capitalism doing its thing. There are new um, uh, areas of need that crop up because those things are now free. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you find yeah. the best stuff? How do you find the most, uh, the highest quality stuff? Or, 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 you know, is there something that you do want to pay for? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I have always made the argument that it, it creates new scarcities, right? And and so the abundant goods, you have to you have to shift your thinking about them from being a sort of product to sell in a market to being a resource that you use to build up another market. And, and as a resource, now they're a free resource. And suddenly that's good because you're lowering your own costs for, for building out, you know, a product or service for a different market. Um, and so, and, and, you know, people who claim like, but you know, all these different scarcities are going away and there's nothing like that's, you know, that's bullshit as well, because, you know, there, there are scarcities like attention, which is basically what you were talking about mm-hmm. or, you know, um, time, right. I mean, these are, right. these are, these are universal, <laughs> uh, scarcities that uh, as far as I know, as far as I can think, I can't picture attention or time, um, you know, going away and becoming abundant. And so most of these other things just, just put more pressure on both, 
both of those scarcities and, and therefore make solutions to them even more valuable. Um, so, you know, to me, it, 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 you know, it fits into that model. But I do wonder if, you know, conceptually, that, that does seem to be a leap for a lot of people. And, and so yeah. you know, I, I, I see sort of two things happening. I see the people who kind of attack my thinking on this, you know, sort of screaming about how I'm a communist. And then I see some people who support my, my point of view on this, but also sort of then talk about it as in like, oh, this, this could be, you know, uh, uh, abundance of digital goods could be, you know, uh, good communism, communism that works, <laughs> uh, kind of thing, and I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that viewpoint either. So, you know, so I, I do wonder if if it needs a new label to sort of take in these aspects of you know, uh, you know where where it does work or sort of where it fits with the way people think capitalism <laughs> works as opposed to the way it actually is supposed to work. That makes sense, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, sound, it sounds like what you're saying is the way those people think is that if you take the whole overall economy and it's capitalist, that means that any chunk that you break it down into, the smaller you go, it still functions as this pure capitalism. It's a right? fractal. It's yeah. fractal <laughs> capitalism, yeah. So maybe we're moving away from fractal capitalism. <laughs> so don't, let's dump the fractal and we'll just call it capitalism. There we go. New label. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm trying to think. Like, what is the the in the opposite of fractal? <laughs> yeah, the opposite of fractal, where it's non-repetitive, non, you know, ad ad hoc. I don't know. It, uh, mm. I'm not coming up with anything good. Let's go macro capitalism and uh, micro something else. <laughs> yeah. See, the problem is in both all those cases, you're redefining capitalism first, and then and sure. then defining us out of it. I think I, I think you're you're doubling up the number. Well, of I mean, concepts I, you need to sell. I, yeah, and, but I guess I'm, I mean, obviously, it's kind of silly, but I do find the idea that we need to rename it to placate people who can't grasp it silly. So you know, I, yeah, but and I'm not, I don't mean that like being snobby. It's just it's it is capitalism you know there are parts of the parts of it that are now really 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 inexpensive parts of the system that yeah. are really inexpensive but that doesn't mean that the whole system is no longer the same thing yeah. and it's always it's always been true i mean i could you could probably find um examples throughout history where parts of a capitalist system have been extremely cheap well i mean and 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 not only that like i mean you know if, if you go back to like um, the very famous economist, um, oh, gosh, I'm gonna, I'm blanking on his first name, but Coase, I think it's Ronald Coase, right? I mean, his his most famous paper was the theory mm -hmm. of the corporation, which you know, and he was you know believed in sort of free market capitalism, but but he wrote this whole paper that was basically like, you know, if you were in in a extreme free market capitalism, you wouldn't have corporations because that's a sort of cooperative effort. Um, and so why does it make sense that we have corporations and corporate entities where a number of different people come together, join together for a common interest? Um, you know, that does that really fit under under capitalism? And, and he sort of had, you know, lots of reasons why it does make sense. And it often has to do with sort of, you know, transaction costs and 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 things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's an example of this playing out as well. Right. You know, within certain units you know the idea of free market capitalism you know works different right in, in a family unit right is another example of that right right you know we don't talk about 
free market capitalism within our family unit, right? We're not trying to maximize our profits versus <laughs> our spouses and children and parents um, because that's, you know, that's ridiculous, right? It's sort of ridiculous on the face of it. Yeah. I, I, um, you run your family so, as a B Corp. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> well, you do try to efficiently uh, distribute your resources among your family, right? I mean, that's, it's not completely out of the picture, right? But but it's but it's not you know, but not each individual trying to maximize their own, right? That's right. that's what well, I don't know. You have kids. <laughs> 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 yeah, my, my my son sometimes does seem yes, to try. Yes, they, they maximize their own. That's definitely true. <laughs> but that's you know, <laughs> that's a slight. I get your issue. point, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you know, so maybe maybe there's an argument there, and that, that that does go back to even like you know the question that you were raising earlier, Dennis, of like the the whole hidden economy, yeah. uh, you know, you know, and people brought up this idea of of like you know historically, you know, we don't count things like doing the laundry or cooking dinner within GDP. Yeah. And yet that's, that's a form of, of productivity. And if nobody cooked dinner and everyone went out to, went out to eat, then, you know, you would see a bump in GDP and yet, you know, for what good. Right. Um, and so there's always aspects of, of for taxes. Kind of economic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's always some, you know, some aspects of, of economic activity that is not, yeah is not monetarily based and is not based on sort of, you know, maximizing um, even value, right? Yeah, and uh, until we kind of come up with a way to quantify it, that it'll just have to be that way, even though we all know that there is this kind of hidden economy of value that is not quantified by money, right? And I think that makes, um, it makes the people that, the bean counters and people that like to measure things really uncomfortable, I think. Because people like to measure things. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to go back to the original question just for a second. I mean, aside from the fact that, no, I don't think that we are in post-capitalist world now, um, even in specific areas, really, um, although things have changed in, again, narrowly focused areas. I, will we, even if we're trending toward larger parts of the economy being, quote-unquote, post-capitalist, will we ever get there? You know, um, is that a valid thing to examine as well? And and I mean, because my my guess would be no. So so you, you know, even would we ever even make if you can Star reproduce Trek? things, yeah, even if you reproduce things with a, 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 a you know three D printer for for near free because you got to buy that for zero. Uh, no, just call it just make it free, right? Like call it we make right. it with energy. Energy is abundantly infinite, so you can have anything you want from your your magic replicator. Okay. Um, there are still, I believe, still things that you can't have for, or there will always be things that you can't have for free. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that the bulk of the society would be in a in a region where you wouldn't have to spend money for things anymore, which would cha significantly change the way society works. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't see it getting there. It doesn't seem like it's uh, legitimately possible. Now, I imagine a world. I mean, I think like the concept of the concepts of basic income are kind of almost like a shortcut to that place, right? Where eventually you don't even need basic income anymore because everyone just has what they need. Um, it seems like it would work. I don't know. How, I don't know how mm -hmm. far away it is, but 
Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, even so, if you look yeah. at if, even if you look at things now, right, where where it's it's easier to reduce a lot of things much more cheaply. People that don't have a whole lot of money aren't getting a whole lot more stuff because everything should be cheaper. Everything gets more expensive because the people who have the money are willing to pay for it. Really? I mean, go to like a Walmart. You can get so much more for your money than you could like 50 years ago, right? And 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 then if you and you flip and you look at that sort of the technology world, right? I mean, stuff gets cheaper yeah. and cheaper and better and better at the same time, right? I mean, you know, the the phone in your pocket is a more powerful computer than the one that you had on your desk, yeah. you know, many years ago, and that cost a hell of a and lot. And it was more money. than the entire compute power that you know, and that was in the entire world in the nineteen fifties or sixties, right? Right. So I would I would disagree with you there. <laughs> I don't know. There's still, I mean, my uh, iPhone isn't free for everybody just because it's gotten easier to produce better things cheaper, right? Yeah, but, but you know, but, but again, like we're seeing it getting cheaper and better. And, you know, now in like parts of China and India, there are smartphones that are pretty damn powerful that are, that are free. you know, there's, that are close to free. They're not quite pretty free, much. but they're pretty close to free. Um, so, you know, yes, yes, you have a point. Like, there's still scarcity there and there's still price, yeah. but it is getting better and it's getting cheaper. Well, do you, so, do you think that we'll ever get to the point where people will say, okay, you know, all this, everything is good enough, so let's just make them all really cheap and it, it'll be basically free for everybody? Not, or not everything, but certain, certain things, right? Like, just like, you know what, this stuff is so cheap and so so ubiquitous that really the structures around which, you know, to charge for this stuff is, let's just give it to everybody. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and there's, I there's the argument that when things become so abundant, um, I forget, who, I think it was like Carver Mead, whose argument was like, when things become so abundant, then it, it just pays to to waste yeah. them, you know, so to you use, use them, them as much them as away. possible. And then it, then other and parts of your society can build up and become the places where you spend money on, right? Right. And, and because, I mean, it's, you know, because these things are wasted and, and so useful, it, it builds entirely new markets, right? Which is the argument yeah. that we were talking about before. Okay. But then you're still saying that you're not getting yes. to post-capitalism. Right? right. Because I'm, I, will, I still stand by the idea that you're creating new markets no matter what. There will right. always be some kind of market. Now, you know, I think what Dennis is yeah. getting at is that we could get to the point where, it's, where you're post-scarcity in terms of, the markets necessary to, to survive. survive. Yeah. And people, there right. could be entire segments of just of your society that kind of check out and are like, you know what? I don't need to be in the capitalistic society. I'm going to live in this way. And that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. That may be true. And I think you could say that there are pockets of society today yeah. that are, you know, they're fine checking out and just living off of what they can get, you know, on hangouts and whatever. Hear your tone. But, Hear and your small, tone. and no, I'm not saying it's comfortable. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that that's, you know, uh, just saying that you could find yes. examples of it even today. But that doesn't mean that capitalism is goes away because there's still the segments of society that still want more and better things. And I think the, that will kind of all, the, that will always be around and also a, a, another thing is you know is there some kind of self-correction some feedback that goes on when if everything's becoming so yeah. free right and, and i'm kind of keep having um uh, journalism in mind right now because we've been talking about it a lot um you know if it becomes if nobody is paying and then nobody can produce because they're not making any money 
then it becomes scarce again. So is there an equal equilibrium that will be reached where there are people paying because they need it produced, right? Yeah. Um, and you can extend that to other products as well. I, you know, you could say, well, eventually we'll get to the point where everything can be produced so cheaply or free that we'll just give it away to everybody. But can we get there if there are people who have to produce it and not make any money off of it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And that that's a really interesting question uh, and, and one that is worthy of discussion, but probably for another podcast. Yeah, audience, discuss. <laughs> yes, go go take this and, and go talk about it and think about it and maybe we'll do a follow-up one because I think, uh, but I do think it's, it is a really interesting point and kind of where, where and it's, you know, something that we certainly discuss on TechTurt a lot of the time and, you know, well, these markets are changing and, and how do they work and, and where do these things come from? Um, but I think it is interesting and I, I, I think there's, you know, I'm, I'm sort of torn around this, this question on sort of, you know, capitalism versus post-capitalism and, and kind of what does that mean? And even, you know, like Dennis, when you were talking about, you know, sort of with a basic income concept yep. or something like that and ideas of people just sort of checking out and, and there's a part of me that's like, well, you could argue that there's, you know, this world is sort of a mix between sort of like the communist ideal and the yeah. capitalist ideal. And, and, and that's a really sort of trippy thing to think about like could, could you reach this world where the predictions of both of those two extremes which seem so diametrically opposed actually live together uh better and that's that's Everyone weird in happy um, harmony. i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure that's really possible but it's it's really kind of interesting to think about um but with that we are we are over our sort of standard time. Um, but th this was a really interesting discussion um, that, that is going to leave me thinking for a while. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully the, you guys as well and, and uh, cool. everyone who's listening. Um, do, do you guys have any, any sort of last minute thoughts on this one? No, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my last minute thought. <laughs> all right. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks. Thanks both of you guys for joining us to do this podcast. Thanks for everyone who's listening. And we'll be back next week with uh, something else. Right.